One of my favorite ways to unwind is by playing a game on my phone while I relax on the couch. And June's Journey is my new favorite as it combines several of my favorite things, finding hidden items, decor and design, and solving a murder. In June's Journey, you dive into June's captivating quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret while discovering the truth behind the unexplained death of her sister. As you uncover clues, you also get to build your own island estate with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. You get to collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. You get to chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, the world. This is They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I am Courtney Eck. And I'm Sadie Eck. And Sadie's back with the vengeance. Uh, well, kind of a vengeance. She's still <laughs> a little sick, but better. Yay, I can laugh, I think. We'll see. Well, so I'm going to take that to the limit. Test the bounds of your <laughs> bronchial system tonight, yes. baby. <laughs> what you got for us tonight, Eck? This is The Terrible Deeds of Kenneth Williams. Oh, God. Deeds? We're having yeah. deeds tonight? Mm-hmm. Shit. In December 1998, in the small city of Pine Bluff, Arkansas, 19-year-old Dominique Nikki Hurd was finishing her first semester at the University of Arkansas, Pine Bluff, and getting ready for upcoming Christmas holiday. Nikki, as she was known by her friends and family, was described as being incredibly friendly, kind, funny, and outgoing. The type of person who never knew a stranger. She grew up in Fort Worth, Texas with her large family. She graduated from Eastern Hills High School in the class of 1997, where she had been on the honor roll, was a varsity cheerleader, an all-American cheerleader, homecoming queen, senior class favorite, founder of the new organization, also known as the High Steppers, Mm-hmm. And was a member of the science club. She's Louise. Fucking badass. God. Yeah. She's got to be tired. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, she probably isn't. She's no, the I... type that just totally, like... Teens can do did it. it. everything. Yeah. She was majoring in mass communication and minoring in biology and planned to be a doctor. God. Despite her heavy college load, she was also a member of the university's cheerleading squad and was elected as most spirited cheerleader. She also sang with the college's gospel choir. Nikki's father, Ricardo, said that she believed the world was her oyster. Whatever she wanted was available for the taking. Mm, I don't like it. I know. In the early months of Nikki's freshman year, she met and befriended Peter Robinson when they were in the gospel choir together. Peter was originally from New Jersey, but had family in the Pine Bluff area and decided to attend the University of Arkansas after graduating high school. Just before winter break, their friendship started to blossom into something more, and Peter asked Nikki out on a date. 
Nikki hadn't planned on dating her freshman year because she wanted to focus on her studies, but she really liked Peter and agreed to have dinner. Oh, I know. On December 13th, 1998, the pair went on their first date. They attended church together and afterward had a late lunch at the Bonanza Steakhouse. Oh, come on. I know. You got to be kidding me. <laughs> I know. That hurts. It's so fucking wholesome. <sighs> so sweet. <sighs> Although I hate day dates. Although Laura and I, our first date was a day date and it was fucking awesome. So yeah. I need to I need to stop saying that I hate day dates because I love them. <laughs> <laughs> I just never like when people are like, do you want to go to the dog park? No, I don't yeah. want, what? No. No. I just, it's the most wholesome thing. These yes. like 19 year old kids. Yes. Just in college, like liking no, each incredible. other and going to church. They it's go into incredible. church together. It's like, this is what we know. This is a common interest. Yes. Let's go to church. And I like, like you. I'm going to take you to the fancy steakhouse. Oh, it just like, Oh my God. No. Yeah. It really burns with sweetness. I know. After finishing their meal, they were walking back to Peter's car and decided to take a few pictures of each other in the parking lot with a disposable camera that Nikki had in her purse. Okay. I'm no, just going to stop this episode. I know. And then I they got already married, have tears in my babies. eyes. I know. And they lived happily forever and it was great. This whole episode is just a fucking tearjerker. It's, I'm like, heads up. There's a <laughs> lot of emotions. I really already have tears in my eyes. It's so sweet. Yeah. As they were taking pictures, a man stopped them and offered to take their picture together. Despite not feeling comfortable with him, they agreed. After he took their picture, the man appeared to leave, but as the young couple turned their back on him to walk away, he pulled out a gun and ordered them into Peter's car. No, no, no. He forced Peter to drive to an ATM, where he demanded both Peter and Nikki empty their bank accounts. Nikki wasn't able to remember her PIN number, but Peter was able to withdraw $70, which was the only money he had in his account at the time. Mm. Because he's a child. Yes, why are you robbing children? He then ordered Peter to drive to a remote rural location outside the city limits. He made them get out of the car and walk into a wooded area. Terrified, the two complied. Mm. They were then forced on their knees, and their kidnappers started to take more pictures of them with Nikki's camera, ordering Mm -hmm. them to smile. This is all after church date. I know. Same day. I mean, within, like, minutes of the church Uh, date. Daytime. Daytime date. See, it's why I don't like day dates. No. It's not why I don't like day dates, but it is (laughs) now, officially. It's so awful. I was warming up to day dates, and I'm back off them. Yeah. He then forced Peter to take pictures while he pulled up Nikki's dress and pulled down her underwear to expose her body. Oh my god. After he was done taking pictures, he took Peter's car keys and told them if they went to police, he would find them and kill them. (gasps) He ran off in the direction of the car. Peter and Nikki were still terrified, but believed the worst was over. (gasps) They walked back to the main road, hoping to find a passerby to help them. As a car approached... They believed help had arrived, but realized too late that it was Peter's car. (laughs) No. My God. The terrible man had returned. (sighs) He got out of the car and pointed his gun at them. He asked them where they were from, and Nikki said she was from Texas. The gunman told her he hated Texas 
and started to shoot. Unbelievable. I don't, I don't think we can continue with this story. I know. Both Nikki and Peter were shot multiple times. He fired on them until his gun was empty. Oh my god. I know. Peter, who had been shot twice in the stomach, managed to survive the brutal attack and crawled to the road to get help. A passerby stopped and called 911. Nikki, who had been shot more than four times, once in the head, was taken by helicopter to a Little Rock hospital. But sadly, Nikki was being kept alive by life support machines and had no brain activity. (laughs) With her dear family surrounding her, she passed away only a few hours after being shot. Oh my god. No, it's just the fucking saddest. I mean, legitimately probably the saddest thing I've heard maybe ever. Yep. Peter, who was in serious but stable condition, was eager to tell police everything he knew so he could catch his attacker. Based on the description he gave them, they came up with a composite sketch and put out a bolo for Peter's car, which was quickly found on fire near a drainage ditch. This guy's cool. This guy's awesome. As authorities combed the area, they started knocking on doors of an apartment building only three blocks from where the car had been found. One woman said she recognized the man in the composite sketch as one of her neighbors and also mentioned that when the car was on fire, everyone had gathered to find out what was happening, but he hadn't been interested. She had watched him casually walk back to his apartment and go inside. Yeah, nobody's not watching the car on fire. Are you kidding Mm -hmm. me? She identified the man as 19-year-old Kenneth Williams. Fuck you, Kenneth. Police knocked on his door, but he was not home. However, the woman he lived with was home, and she allowed police to search their apartment. Inside, they found an insurance card belonging to a woman named Sharon Hentz, who happened to be a friend of Nikki's and had also recently been carjacked and kidnapped. No way! Yes. They showed her a photo lineup, and she easily picked Williams as her attacker. He held her at gunpoint in an ATM, forced her to withdraw money from her account, and then made her drive to a wooded area where he left her unharmed. Thank God. What a her, fucking asshole. I know. Her car was found on fire in almost the exact same spot as Peter's car. Yeah. Yeah. He's 19. Yes. He doesn't know that you shouldn't rob teenagers. Right. And, and murder them. Murder. Yeah. He doesn't know you shouldn't murder them and then just continue to return to the scene of the crime. Like, dumb shit. Three blocks from your apartment. Mm-hmm. Only five days after Nikki's murder, police arrested Williams for the carjacking of Sharon and showed the photo lineup to Peter, who also picked Williams as the man who killed Nikki. Authorities said that Peter had been so upset by the picture, he started crying and shaking, begging them to put the picture away. Yeah, I bet. Williams was then charged for murder, attempted murder, robbery, kidnapping, and arson. After making a full recovery, Peter was able to walk police through the crime scene and give them a detailed description of what happened that night. Kenneth Williams did not have an easy time growing up. Both of his parents were addicted to drugs, and his father was abusive. Williams joined the Gangster Disciples at age nine. What? Nine. That's tough. Yes, that's fucking horrific. So sad. He remembers being molested by another young gang member when he was 11. After this incident, he decided to be, quote, the predator, not the prey. Mm-hmm. Every fucking time, you guys. Yes. Every time. Yep. 
So he said he started raping younger children and carrying a gun. Quote, I was angry and guilt-ridden, too ashamed to speak out, he said. He was sent to a reform school for the first time at 10, and he spent much of his childhood in foster homes, reform schools, and juvenile lockup. Um, It really worked. It definitely helped him. Yeah, totally reformed. He's reformed. He's conscientious. He's kind. He's not Mm -hmm. at all. Mm-mm, like broken, broken completely broken yeah beyond repair yes wow yep i'm telling you this whole story uh, is fucking I'm, so sad i don't know where you found the story but you should just put it back where you found it and walk away <laughs> from it slowly so backwards sad like a fucking naughty little baby snake full it's of really snaky sad. venom it's yeah. awful at 16 he was sent to prison for the first time where he said he inflicted violence as much as he suffered it. By the time he was released, he was a time bomb ready to explode. Mm-hmm. When asked why he killed Nikki, Williams said that he had planned to rob someone that day to pay his rent, and that the two teens crossed his path by chance. Mm. While he was having them drive around town, a, quote, relentless voice in his head had whispered, quote, aren't you a bit curious how it feels to kill someone? Wow. Yep. William's trial only lasted five days. The prosecution presented 15 witnesses. The first witness was Peter, who bravely testified about his and Nikki's abduction. He pointed to Williams when asked who had been responsible for the terrible day. The defense tried to convince the jury someone other than Williams had committed the crimes, but the jury didn't buy their alternative story and found Williams guilty on all counts. Mm-hmm. Despite the prosecutors asking for the death penalty, the jury sentenced him to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Mm-hmm. When the sentence came back, Williams turned to Nikki's family from his seat in the courtroom and said with a smile, quote, you thought I was going to die, didn't you? Ah. Williams was sent to Cummins Unit, which is one of Arkansas's state prisons, to serve out a sentence. On Sunday, October 3rd, 1999, only three weeks into his life sentence, he was found missing at the 6 p.m. Mm. head count. I thought this was going to be a very short story. <laughs> oh, no, we are just getting started. <laughs> oh, my God. He was last seen that morning when he had been let out of his cell for a religious call. Oh, my God. A frantic search for Williams was conducted, but he was nowhere to be found. He had <laughs> escaped prison and it was likely he had nearly 12-hour head start on authorities. What the fuck? See, if you escape prison, I feel like you should just be allowed to leave. Like, I don't Well, know, unless you feels... are a fucking brute, like you just brutally <laughs> murdered these. I mean, I don't really think that you should, but at the same time, I'm like, fuck, man. I don't know. You know, it's like... And it took him three weeks to figure out how to get out. That's three what weeks. I mean. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, you should just be able to stay out there because mm-hmm. that shit's really hard to do. Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. well, not like, that hard, apparently. Well, not I would also hard. be, I would be like, okay, this kid's clearly got some skills. How can we put these skills to use? Yes. Like, yes. he needs to be monitored, but he's clearly some kind of weird genius. So right. let's find Super a very smart. specific job for him, you know? But I figure that the, like, being in a gang since you're nine years old the one thing that you've really learned how to do well is observe your surroundings yeah right and get yourself out of fucking trouble well it's like that yeah it's like that guy it's kind of a famous story where he was running i think it was like the world one of the world's top marijuana cartels 
running drugs from, I think it was specifically Mexico into the United States and, you know, just gazillions of dollars worth of marijuana. And he got caught and he went to prison for, you know, 20, 30 years or whatever. And then he got out and he was like, I have no skills. I'm unemployable. And his wife was like, are you fucking kidding me? You had thousands of employees across the globe. You managed <laughs> millions of dollars worth of product successfully for, mm-hmm. you know, however long. I think you're very employable. And so he took out a an ad in the Wall Street Journal and just laid it all out and was like, here's my skills. This is what I did for all these years. <laughs> and he got he got offers from, like, film producers, hedge fund man- managers, like, so many recruitment that's incredible yeah but it's like so true right like if you can pull that off you can do fucking you can definitely put a movie together seriously (laughs) yes (laughs) Yes. you can manage some stocks (laughs) yes Yes. big time meanwhile only six miles from the prison Jeannie boren had left for church that morning alone leaving her 57 year old husband cecil to work in his garden. No, leave Jeannie and Cecil alone. Stop oh, it with them. No. Mm-mm. When Jeannie returned sometime after noon, she found her home had been ransacked and that Cecil and his truck were missing. She called a neighbor who came over to help her search for her husband. At first, Jeannie was hoping that Cecil had scared off the intruder and had jumped in his truck to chase him. But sadly, the neighbor discovered a large pool of blood in the yard. Following a trail the blood had made, they found Cecil, face down, without shoes or socks on. Mm-mm. He had been shot, his jewelry was gone, and there were scrape marks all over his body from being dragged through his yard. Oh my god. An autopsy would later show he had been shot seven times in the back. Where did he get a gun? I will tell you. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. Cecil was known as the household cook. He loved to garden and rarely ventured far from his home as he grew older. He served in the U.S. Marine Corps and later worked at a federal prison in Texarkana, Texas. He then moved to Arkansas and worked as an assistant warden at Cummins, which is the same prison that Williams had just escaped from. Oh my god. He spent his free time growing Brussels sprouts, broccoli, cauliflower, and assorted vegetables in a sizable garden. He couldn't figure out carrots, but he kept trying. Carrots are so hard. So hard. <laughs> it's so weird that they're so cheap because they're basically impossible to grow. Yeah. He had two daughters and two grandchildren. Mm. As the word of the prison escape spread, it was easy for the police to make the connection between the two incidents. Evidence would show that Williams got into Cecil's home while he was out working in the garden When Cecil came inside, he was surprised by the intruder who had found one of Cecil's guns. Mm. As he tried to flee the home, Williams shot him once in the back, causing Cecil to fall. Once down, he shot him six more times, including one shot to the back of his head. Oh my god. He then dragged Cecil's body around to the back of the house. He stole his Ford F-150, several firearms, a suit that Cecil wore to a funeral two days earlier, and two of the dead man's ring, including his wedding ring. Can we just retell this part of the story? I mean, I feel like this whole thing needs a retelling as it should have gone down, and Cecil should have fucking roundhouse kicked the guy, Marine style, like Mm -hmm. whacked the gun out of his hand, Mm -hmm. and then just like in a very humiliating fashion, grabbed him by his ear and just dragged him back to the prison. Seriously, right? Be like, Mm -hmm. I know you. 
get back. Oh, hell no, son. Get over oh, here. God, it just made me so happy to think about. And then they got him a good tutor in prison. Yes. And they were like, like counseling. And then everybody was okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, well, we're very disappointed that you escaped from prison, but it highlighted a few skills that we were unaware of. And right. we apologize that we didn't do a thorough enough investigation of your skills ahead of time. So, right. And it's also because he didn't actually, in our new story, he didn't kill Nikki. Uh, right. They got out unharmed-ish. And then, so yeah. he just, just had to do time for... Like, robbery. robbery. Yeah. yeah. I like that better. Much better. So, Williams then fled the state. He drove to Missouri, where he was spotted the next day by police who tried to pull him over. Instead of surrendering, Williams took off, starting a high-speed chase with officers that went on for more than 60 miles <laughs> and reached up to 120 miles per hour. Oh my god. Uh, but unfortunately, the chase ended in the saddest way possible. Of course it did. When Williams crashed his truck into a Culligan water delivery truck. <sighs> The driver, 24-year-old Michael Greenwood, was ejected from the truck and killed instantly. Oh, my God. Some reports said that Williams spit on Michael's body as he fled the scene. Oh, my God. At the time of Michael's death, he and his wife, Stacy, had a five-year-old daughter, and Stacy was five months pregnant with identical twin boys. What is the story? I'm it's telling you. It's so awful. I don't... I, I mean, like... That guy has, he's the devil. Like, he's actually the devil to have that. This is the craziest just set be, of, like, he's just walking in and exploding people's world. Yeah, like, magnetized to the best people. Like, this guy's just a Culligan water delivery guy with yep. babies. Like, mm -hmm. young ass twins. Mm -hmm. Ugh. The Christian girl and the fucking Bonanza State. It's mm -hmm. He's the devil. Mm -hmm. He's like good person radar is on high alert and he just beelines right toward him. Yep. The young couple were high school sweethearts and had just celebrated six years together mm -mm. the week before Michael was killed. Mm -mm. Stacy remembers Michael bringing her flowers every day the week of their anniversary leading up to his death. No, I cannot. I cannot abide the story. It has to mm -hmm. stop. I don't know. And I started by researching Nikki's story. Mm -hmm. Having no idea, like, and I was just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, Seriously. What the fuck is this? Because it is too bad to be true. It's just, like, too fucking horrific and it's sad. A, yeah. Mm -hmm. So after the crash, Williams fled on foot and broke into a nearby home. He was wearing Cecil's coveralls and a wedding ring when police apprehended him. Thank God he didn't hurt anybody else. Oh, he didn't? That's it? No. Yeah. Oh, yes, thank God. It's too much already. I know. They found more than 114 personal items belonging to Cecil and Jeannie inside Cecil's truck, including the firearms stolen from their home. When the state trooper handcuffed Williams and led him to the patrol car, Williams remarked, quote, boy, that was some good driving. Oh, my God. Williams would later tell authorities on the day he escaped, he made his way into the prison kitchen, where he then stowed away in a large vat of pig slop. <laughs> excuse pretty me pretty smart yeah why is there pig slop in a kitchen like guts or like 
No, no, like leftover food. I think they were Ooh. they were going to take it to the pig farm. Right. God, yeah. I'm so confused. Sorry. No, no, not pig guts, but the slop that pigs eat. Right. He was then carried out to a Department of Corrections garbage truck and driven away from the prison. See? That's super easy. I mean, yeah. if you're willing to hang out in some pig slop. No, there's just a bunch of apple cores in there. It's fine. Right. After traveling a few miles, Williams jumped out of the tank and into a ditch in the town of Grady, where he then found Cecil and murdered him in cold blood. Oh, my God. Williams was charged with the murder of Cecil Boren. His trial began in October of 1999, and he was quickly found guilty. Despite the jury finding one mitigating circumstance, that Williams experienced intergenerational family dysfunction, Mm -hmm. they unanimously sentenced him to death. Uh Williams was sent back to the Cummins unit, this time, he was unable to escape. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't pull a Bundy? Nope. <laughs> they were like, all right, we got our eyes on you. They got the pig slop tied down tight. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I told you to put a lid on the slop. <laughs> the years would pass as Williams worked through his appeals process. In May 2005, he wrote a letter to a local newspaper, the Pine Bluff Commercial, saying he found God while in prison and that all those years later, it was time to reconcile for his mistakes, saying, Mm -hmm. quote, people have always asked me, why did you kill those innocent people? I really don't know how to answer that question until now. When you live a sinful life away from God, anything is possible. That includes mass murder. Learn from my mistakes. He then confessed to killing Nikki, Cecil, and Michael and added another name to the list, by confessing to murdering another man, 36-year-old Jarrell Jenkins. What? On the same day he killed Nikki, he claimed to have shot Jarrell twice in the chest with a thirty-five caliber handgun. Jarrell's unsolved murder case had been pending since a child found his body while walking to school in Pine Bluff on December 14th of 1998. Mm. Little can be found about the motive for his crime, and Williams was never formally charged for his murder, but it's widely accepted he is responsible. Mm-hmm. Quote, I take full responsibility for my actions and whatever consequences my peers see fit, he wrote. Without God being in my life, I never would have confessed to these crimes. I would have denied them until I went to my grave. I know that the embarrassment and shame that I brought upon my community is unacceptable and intolerable, he wrote. As a community, we are supposed to love one another and work together as one. What we do as individuals reflects upon our communities. During his years in prison, Williams claimed to have completely changed and even became an ordained minister. Wow. Williams was first scheduled to be executed on January 14th, 2016. His execution was stayed along with several others by a judge with the Pulaski County Circuit Court. Another execution date was set for April 26th of 2017. On April 5th, the Arkansas Parole Board recommended that the governor deny clemency to Williams. During the hearing, Williams apologized to the families of his victims. Quote, I can clearly see when I read the newspaper a reflection of character of the old lawless Kenneth Williams, who terrorized the residents of Pine Bluff, he said. I respectfully petition young men and women out there in society Think of the consequences of your actions and start making better decisions. To all whom have an ear to hear, this is a pathway of destruction that crime, gangs, drugs, violence, and ungodliness will take you down. 
He continued, suffer no delusions. What a man sow, he will reap. Whoa. Yup. Williams ended up in the middle of a death sentence controversy. <laughs> of course really he did. know how else to of phrase it. Of course he did. When the state of Arkansas rushed to execute eight inmates before one of the medications used, midazolam, expired. Do you remember this? Barely. So it's 2017. Yeah. And I remember it being in the news and Arkansas had the midazolam that was getting ready to expire. And let me tell you that it only cost $250 for 40 doses. Oh my God. So we're not talking like we're going to save our state millions. Not that that should matter, but... But it's still, that's your excuse for rushing these executions. Mm -hmm. It's a real shitty excuse. Dear Arkansas, I'll loan you the fucking money if you really need to buy more. (laughs) Yes, I'll go fund that shit. No prob. No prob. I mean, I won't because I don't believe in the death sentence. fuck you. But yeah, still, if it comes down to it, call me. Mm -hmm. I'll Venmo you. Yep. At Arkansas. (laughs) Four states, including Arkansas, had started using midazolam after European countries stopped selling other drugs used in executions that worked much better in protest of the USA's death penalty. Mm-hmm. In some cases, midazolam did not put the inmates under deep sedation. Mm. And when the other drugs were administered to stop the inmates' breathing and heartbeat, they were still awake, feeling the full effects of these drugs. Um, Fuck that. Fuck it all the way. This would cause them to slowly and painfully suffocate to death. In many cases, it took more than 30 minutes for the inmates to die. This country has some problems, guys. Mm -hmm. Some real big problems. Of the eight inmates scheduled for execution, four of them were given stays, but the other four, including Williams, were not. As his execution date drew near, something kind of amazing happened. Mm -hmm. Michael Greenwood's daughter, Kayla who is now 22 years old, had never wanted Williams to be put to death, mm-hmm. and the rest of her family agreed. As it became clear the state intended to kill him, Kayla learned that Williams had a daughter named Jasmine, who was just a little younger than Kayla, and that Jasmine had her own daughter, Williams' grandchild. Mm. The death row inmate had never met her. Oh my god. She also found out that Jasmine had set up an online fundraising page so that she could fly to see Williams before he died. Oh my god. Uh. Kayla found herself strongly connected to the young woman. I'm gonna just like... I'm already crying! Oh my god. I really don't know how I'm gonna get through it. Just gonna have to forward it to me. I'll take it from here. (laughs) (laughs) Although I'm already totally crying too. So Kayla found herself strongly connected to the young woman as she had two young boys of her own who had also never met their grandfather, Michael. Oh my God. Quote, reading her story, it took the words right out of my mouth. Kayla said, I have children and I would love for one last chance to see my dad and my kids together. (laughs) And I read this like so many times knowing that it would just make me cry my little face off. So sad and sweet. So the Greenwood family decided to pay for plane tickets so that Jasmine and her daughter could fly to Arkansas from their home near Seattle for a final meeting with Williams before he was executed. (laughs) I can't handle it. On the day Jasmine and her daughter flew into Little Rock, Kayla and her relatives, including her mother, her twin brothers, who are now 17, and her stepfather, 
left early and drove the 200 miles to the airport to pick them up and bring them to the prison. Oh my god. <laughs> That's insane. In such a good way. That's so amazing. Yeah. The Greenwoods waited outside the prison while Jasmine visited Williams. Quote, Watching her leave the prison and knowing that was probably their last goodbye broke my heart, Kayla wrote in a letter. Jasmine has done nothing at all, but like me, she could lose her father. The two women spent the rest of that day and night talking in the hotel room where Jasmine was staying. They both talked later about a deep bond that had formed between them. Oh my god. Quote, we didn't want to leave, Kayla said. <sighs> in the span of a week, and what some called the, quote, conveyor belt of death, yeah. Arkansas carried out four executions, starting with Liddell Lee on April 20th of 2017. Gross. Fuck gross. And you know what else? Just like, I don't know, two weeks ago? New DNA testing found unknown yes. male DNA on a murder weapon. Have you that heard was that? What, yeah, that was one of the guys. Yes. Oh, my God. That was Liddell. Oh, yeah. my God. So, putting his conviction into question. The state even killed two men, Jack Jones and Marcel Williams, back-to-back -back over a three-and-a-half-hour period. See, I'm like, uh, uh, uh what? Uh, are no. you... What is this Dark Ages fucking bullshit? It's a fucking conveyor belt of death. That's unacceptable. It's just like, what? It's horrendous. Yeah. It's, Where is your humanity? There is no humanity in this. Oh my God. Even after Marcel Williams' execution showed him gasping for air and arching his back for several minutes before his death, the governor decided to continue. Oh Williams God. was the last to be executed. On April 26th at 10.30pm, 38-year-old Kenneth Williams was brought into the execution chamber. His final words were, quote, I humbly extend my sincerest of apologies to the families I senselessly wronged and deprived of their loved ones. The families of Dominique Hurd, Jarrell Jenkins, Cecil Boren, and Michael Greenwood. I was more than wrong. The crimes I perpetrated against you all was senseless, extremely hurtful, and inexcusable. I humbly beg you for your forgiveness and pray you find the peace, healing, and closure you all deserve. I am not the person I was. I've been transformed. Some things can't be undone. I seek forgiveness. <laughs> so I'm just like a little crybaby. Dude, I'm like a, the Blair Witch Project over <laughs> here for real. I'm really trying not to like make sobbing sounds. After the midazolam was administered, Williams was seen convulsing and jerking for 10 to 15 seconds, and he continued to breathe heavily and gasp for air even after the paralytic was injected into him, which was supposed to make it impossible to move. It would take more than 13 minutes for Williams to stop breathing and be pronounced dead at 11.05 p.m. Mm. He was the last man to be executed in the state of Arkansas as of 2021. Oh my god. Cecil's daughter, Jody, witnessed Williams' execution and said that Williams' death may not bring closure to her family, but it helps a little. Jeannie continued living in her family home after her husband's death and said it bothered her to know that Williams was still in the same prison, just a few miles from her home. Yeah, I bet. Quote, now every time we drive down this road, he's not there anymore, she said of Williams. 
Jeannie doesn't doubt that Williams was a changed man, but said despite all his general public apologies, she never received a personal apology from the man that killed her husband. Mm-hmm. Quote, he still needs to be punished for what he's done to all of these people, she said. I hope he has converted to Christianity. He should be ready to meet his maker. Mm-hmm. Nikki's family did not attend the execution and chose to remember their daughter, not the tragic killing that took her life instead. Nikki's mother, Vicky, said that she's forgiven Williams for what he did to her family. She remembers her daughter through old family videos and by the words that Nikki would often say. I'm such a little crybaby. That's <laughs> really sad. Quote, Always tell people how you feel that you love them because you never know when the last time that will be. Ugh. And that's the saddest story that you've ever heard. <laughs> it's the saddest story that I've ever heard. And what a perfect illustration of what is wrong and what needs to be done to stop exploding people's lives. Big time. You know? Like, I don't, I don't want to be too sympathetic to the perpetrators, but, you know, it's like I say all the time, I think there's truly bad people, and then I think there's people like Kenneth that had he been shown an ounce of fucking love or mercy or guidance or, mm. you know, anything positive in his young life, none of those people would have died. No. And that's the tragedy of it. It was, completely, it was perfectly avoidable. It's like, let me be killed by a serial killer, because then I'll just be like, well, there was no avoiding that. That guy was definitely going to kill somebody. <laughs> you know? Right. Like, yes. this guy, he didn't, he, he, there's a very good chance he wouldn't have killed somebody if he had not right. been indoctrinated into a fucking gang at age nine. Yes. Like, that, and he mentioned the one sexual assault. Like, I'm sure there was constant yes. minute-to-minute trauma in that person's life. Yes. From the minute he was born. Yeah. Yes. So, and like, you know, and for generations before him, it yeah. wasn't, you know, his, yes, just his trauma is the trauma of, of his family for ever. Yeah. Well, I think now more than ever, it's very apparent that there's so much grief and anger in everyone, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like everybody in this country is angry or grieving something on some level and it's manifesting itself in different ways. And our lizard brains are not making us make the best decisions and simultaneously making us make beautiful decisions. Like the family who fucking flew the other family out there and showed them mercy and kindness and love. And like, like that's crazy. You know, it's like, Oh God. A lot of people, I think, now want revenge. I think there's a... Um, people are really angry, and it's really firing the lizard brains in the wrong direction in a lot of cases, very in very antisocial ways. And you see it on social media, you see it in politics. I mean, it's just, like, everywhere. And if we could be a little bit more pro-social in our approach to things, maybe we could avoid further anger and grief big time you know big time yeah i know it's hard to do because it's just so we just want to make it go away right well it's just it feels much more satisfying to yeah shut it down white shit yeah Mm -hmm. yep yep don't really work 
eyes. And I think people need the space to process through that right now. I don't think that I'm Mm -hmm. somebody who should tell people how to process their grief and anger, but yeah, it's on my mind a lot. And that's a perfect illustration of it. Yep. No, I mean, what he did was really unforgivable and no, there should be consequences for sure. But he also needed to have some support in his life at the bare minimum. Well, and you just picture him as a kid. Like, if you picture this monster as a child, you know? Right. Well, and the fact that he was 19 years old when this started, too. He was a child. He was still a child with a very broken brain. Yep. And did really fucking horrific shit. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, his motivations are much more clear to me. And some of these other dipshits we've covered mm-hmm. lately. You're like, give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a fish pond guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yep. So. Well, good one. That's yeah. so sad and so sad. scary and so sad. Yeah. So there you go. Like I said, <sighs> I I just started with sweet little Nikki and whew. Oh boy. It's I was like, like, I'm not going to finish the story. I just kept writing and finding more. And I was like, please, can this sad party end? So you start peeling an onion and underneath the first layer, there's a dead puppy. And then underneath oh. the second layer is a <laughs> grandmother on fire. Like, that's a dead story. Was. Seriously, it's awful. Oh, my God. Uh, what do you got for these people? Let's, <laughs> let's move on. I'm... Well... I've been thinking this about this a lot, too. You guys, sending us these names has been such a reprieve in so many ways. And right now, like, my life is, uh, for the most part, pretty good, but it's very challenging. And I don't have a lot of bandwidth for extra conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I think it's the same for both of us. Right? Like, yeah. yeah. I, I don't really necessarily want to go deep into how I feel about the state of things or anything. I just don't have it in me right now. It's still marinating in there. So don't worry. It's coming back eventually. You'll get all my opinions once again. But sending these names, not only does it just make me fucking laugh, and it makes the world feel a little bit better and more magical and kind of puts things in perspective for me, Um it's also just nice to have something to talk about at the end of this podcast. It's not like police <laughs> brutality or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think for every, I think people have really responded to it too. Yeah. I think it's, it's good for all of us to have a little load off for a second. But obviously, cause I, I have like eight names to share with you tonight. So <laughs> um, I got my notes in order. Yeah, oh, you guys will be happy to know. I did. I God. did. Yeah. No, I seriously thought about it the other night. I woke up and I was like, we've got to help this girl. This is so stressful. <laughs> well, did you see that thing that I posted yes. in our stories? <laughs> I'll read it to you guys. In case you don't follow us on Instagram. I d- I th- see, this is another one of those things that the world just makes me feel like, okay, it's all connected guys uh-huh. uh it says phone notes are wild because one minute they're like patatas bravas manchego olives and the next they're all i envy the moon for it cannot be captured on camera <laughs> <laughs> there's no clear window into the chaos of the soul <laughs> and i had just been talking about the fact that my notes are chaos <laughs> like and I posted a couple screen caps to prove just how fucking nutty it is. So 
I got that shit under control. Good. I started a page just for the names. So a good first step. Then just like housewares and then grocery list and then like Patreon, you know, yes. whatever, like episode yeah. details. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's mostly just grocery lists and names you guys send me <laughs> at this point. Uh, and hashtags. I keep my, my hashtags just in there, mushed in there somewhere. So um, this is a sweet one. The name is Lazade. Lazade. Yeah. She wrote it out phonetically. Lazade. So it was named, this name came to a mother. She had a dream that she had a lasagna baking in the oven and she woke up and found out she was pregnant. And so Lazade is in honor of that dream. <laughs> and she, they call her Dazzle, which is wonderful. And she said that she's just the most perfect little child. And it's like, it fits her personality so perfectly. Uh, so I sweet. Love, I love it so much. I know. I'm, I'm going to name my next baby that I'm never going to have after a food item. Well, I'm going to just For start sure. naming babies Dazzle. I'm just going to have babies that I don't want just to name them, just to call them Dazzle. <laughs> Sounds good. Good, good plan. <laughs> well, look, this life, if this life, if this year has taught me anything, it's just, just say yes. Do what you want. Just do what you want. <laughs> just say yes. Yeah. Like, generally that means, like, should I go out to the party? Yes, I should. Yes. I, will, I will regret if I don't go. Should I have babies just to name them Dazzle? Yes. yes. Yep. Do okay. what you want. Do what you want. Life's short. <laughs> um charisma joy yeah uh, yes. yes imagine if you had the name charisma uh, i'm picturing it right now it feels really good i would <laughs> shimmy my shoulders when i walked mm, 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 mm. um oh there i guess it's a popular i don't know if it's popular but a surname in the uk 18 is a common surname in the uk which is a great That's last name so cool yeah courtney 18 Fuck yes. yeah. What does 18 stand for? Mm-hmm. Spy yeah. stuff, probably. Yes. <laughs> Dick R. Junk. <laughs> okay. Yes. Good job, parents. <laughs> like, was there a stretch of time where parents... Hold on. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, it's a deep laughing I still can't I do. I get it. Was there a stretch of time where parents didn't know that Richard, the nickname for Richard was Dick? Like, did maybe they just... when did Dick become like a euphemism? euphemism? I don't like 1840, probably around the same time that <laughs> Richard was shortened to Dick. Is there a conspiracy? Does this go deeper? Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. It... No, I'm really wondering, like, when when did people realize that their dick, their kid was going to be called Dick, <laughs> dick. Junk? Dick Junk. Dick but it's joke. also sort of on the person who chose the nickname Dick. Like yeah. If your last name is Junk, you stick with Richard. Or just don't name your kid Richard. Even if it's, he's like the sixth, like Richard D- Junk, Dick Junk the sixth. Like yeah. just break from tradition and be like, guys, I don't think we need any more Dick Junks in this family. Right. I know that we're royalty and Duke <laughs> Dick Junk of fucking Yormanshire. Y- yeah. Yeah. I know that it's, it doesn't make sense to stop it, but I think we need to stop it. But they don't. It I mean, just, I wouldn't, honestly. No. Like, no. I'm going to stick with it. I like the dick junk. If my last name was Junk, I'd start having kids and name them Dick and Dazzle Junk. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
Seems like a good idea. Yeah. Uh, Maximilian Dragon. (laughs) Excuse me? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I mean, if you have the last name Dragon, you have a fucking responsibility to name your children properly. And Maximilian Thaddeus would be acceptable. Zeus. Uh... Octavius. Octavius, yes. <laughs> Definitely. Prometheus. <laughs> Sigourney Weaver. Sigour- <laughs> Sigourney would work, honestly. Sigourney yes. Dragon sounds pretty fucking That's cool. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, okay. And this one is a little bit of a story, so I'll just read this verbatim. Dated a guy who was friends with a couple who was expecting their second child, wanting to assure that their four-year-old son didn't feel left out, They sat him down and told him that they were going to have a baby. When they sat down and told him they were going to have a baby, they gave him the very special big brother responsibility of picking the middle name. Just like Phineas chose Pirate for Mm -hmm. Billie Eilish's middle name. Mm -hmm. Which, if you haven't watched that documentary, drop what you're doing, turn off this podcast, and do not turn it back on until you've watched that fucking documentary. If you haven't cried enough in this episode, watch that. You will just cry for two hours straight. Yes. And I like I I'm all about Billie Eilish, but I can't say I was a huge fan before. Yeah. And now I can't get enough. It's got something for everyone. Yeah. It is unexpected. You are not expecting what that no. documentary is. So no. go watch it. It's yeah. on Apple TV. It's worth paying 4.99 for a yeah. month to watch Cancel it. After. Yeah. Yeah. They also have a really weird show called Calls, and it's just phone calls with like text on the screen. And it's really good. It's huh. like kind of you're listening to these calls and these really weird supernatural things are happening and the calls are relaying what's happening. Weird. It's really spooky and fucking great. I was huh. like, this is, I, interesting. I Googled, is calls just calls? It is. It's just calls. There's no visual, but it, huh. it's really cool. Anyway. I don't like just listening to things. I'm not, I'm kidding. <laughs> I know. So, well, I was like, this is stupid. And I was like, oh yeah, I host a podcast. I can probably <laughs> just listen to a show. Um, okay. So b- picking the middle name of the baby. Mm-hmm. After a couple of weeks, they checked in with him and he advised that he had, a, that he had selected a name, but wanted to keep it a surprise. After months had gone by with regular check-ins, they were sure he would crack, but the kid held steadfast to keeping his secret. Finally, when the day came where he met his new sibling, his parents eagerly awaited his choice of a middle name. At that point, he proudly (laughs) declared, Tooth the Claw. (laughs) (laughs) That kid is a genius. (laughs) I spit, spit taked when I read that. That is <laughs> so good. It's so good. Tooth the claw. The claw. <laughs> oh, God. Richard Tooth the Claw junk. <laughs> and I, of course, wrote back and was like, so did they, did it stick? Like, did they let, did they honor the child's choice? And she was like, unfortunately, he never found out. And I was like, well, no wonder he's your ex, because fuck that guy. <laughs> No, it sounds so uh, hard to believe. I even Googled, like, is this a, um, it's like an urban legend or like one of those stories. I couldn't find it on the internet. So I think it's, I don't, not that the listener is lying to us, but you know what I mean? But their ex could have been lying to get attention and then not following through with the story. 
But I couldn't find anything. I I seriously googled tooth the claw. And I couldn't. It didn't <laughs> pop up. So I was like, I think it's probably legit. It's good. <laughs> so God, it's so amazing. From here on, Courtney Tooth the Claw Eck at your service. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going Tooth the Claw first name only. Full <laughs> name. That's my name. <laughs> yeah. Why even mess around with standard first name last no. name? Just Tooth the Claw. Yes. Yep. Maybe That's Tooth amazing. the Claw eighteen because that sounds Fuck. Or very dragon. God. Yeah. Pancake. I don't know how to choose anymore. I don't guys. either. It's stressful. There's too many many glorious (laughs) options out there. And I think what it's taught us is, fuck it, man. Just name your kids whatever the fuck you want. Braxton. The Claws. Do it. 18. Yes. Our friends have two babies and they just said fuck it and just made them a new last name. Fuck yes. Because they're modern type people. Gave them androgynous first names and then just smushed their last names together and made a new last name for them. I know. I mean, Ryan and I... I kept my last name and we gave our children my last name because fuck the patriarchy. Because look at you, Gloria Steinem, fucking <laughs> breaking on through. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're my babies. <laughs> They're also Ryan's. Uh, anything else? <sighs> no. No buddies. Nope. Um, but we love you and come see us. Come hang out with us. Follow us on Instagram because it matters. It matters so deeply. <laughs> Yeah, it does. Does you follow us on social media? It's... Hey, we get we're getting a lot of subscribers on YouTube. What? Um, so if you're listening to us on YouTube, like just pop. Well, they probably aren't because I actually don't upload these. I haven't been uploading them for a long time. Oh, you should. I People know. Are hungry for more? I know. But anyway, once I finally upload them, <laughs> take it from me. But go to a podcast app and yeah. listen to us there. It's way better. So much better. I would but recommend we're happy to Spotify. Have I'm going to shit talk Apple because yeah, fuck no, that. Apple sucks. God. Mm-hmm. I signed up for creepy Patreon, as you all know, and forgot how much I fucking hate Apple podcasts. It's garbage. Like you guys are the smartest engineers on the planet. Mm-hmm. Get it together, please, for the love yep. of God. Well, I found that you can like make it work for you, but you have to, it's, there's so many buttons, like so many settings that you have to I had a get, feeling. Like, yeah. find, and then yeah. you can make it do what you want, but. Hold your place. It, Does it hold your place if you. Yes. Do? Yeah. Yes. If you, if you know what to click on. Why wouldn't you make that a default setting, Apple? I don't know. That's the craziest thing. People don't want, yeah, I think people might want the choice to uh, click out to take a phone call and then go back in, have to play, see all episodes, scroll, 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 scroll. scroll. No, nobody wants to do that. Just Mm -hmm. hold the spot Mm -hmm. as a default setting. Yes. Make it more obvious that I've played the, anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Come listen to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Definitely rate, review, subscribe over on Apple Podcasts because somehow yeah. that's the only thing that matters too. Hang out with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at They Will Kill. Go to our website, theywillkill.com. Email us at theywillkillpodcast at gmail.com. Hey, uh, thanks so much to AJ Bergantz for our music. Thank you so much. I still love it. I really Every day do. of my life. I do too. Maybe not every day, but I, yeah. I mean, I don't actively love it every day, but I. <laughs> subconsciously love it no i'm just saying i don't I'm think kidding. every day i'm like god i love that song <laughs> but i do but i yes. don't think about it well you need to start thinking about it Courtney, it's a really good song morning routine yes uh and remember um do you guys remember a lot of you are too young to remember but i'm gonna bring something into your sphere 
if you're a young Gen Z millennial person and you eat marijuana, next time you eat marijuana, put on the show, the movie, The Peanut Butter Solution. Oh, God. I went down the rabbit hole. I do this probably every two years where I go and just read every blog article about the movie, The Peanut Butter Solution. Do you guys know what it is that are my, our age? Yeah. That movie is creepy. Fucked up. It's Mm -hmm. so weird. It's great. It's weird. It's just, if every blog article you read about it, they're like, I don't know how something this evil and awful could make me simultaneously so happy and so uncomfortable. Like we were obsessed with that movie as children. Because it's so strange. It's so strange, but it really worked. Like it really tickled the part of your child brain that like can't stop watching it. Right. I should play it for, for the oldest child. See what he thinks. Seriously. Well, the soundtrack is like a young undiscovered Celine Dion singing about like the wicky whack ways. Yeah. The fucking, the title track. Like actual. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. It was because it was filmed in Quebec and she did the song. And it's it's a fever dream, guys. Let's talk about it if you've yeah. seen it. Because I mean, Do there's it. not much to say other than that movie is fucked up. But if you can, you stream it somewhere? Is it available? Yeah, it just it was recently released on fucking Blu-ray. So I'm sure. I think it's released on Blu-ray. Yeah. Wow. I know. Like Good that. For them. I know. Keeping the dream alive. <laughs> yes. So. <laughs> Uh, I guess the director does a lot of commentary on the Blu-ray, too, like talking about what that movie, where it came from, how it happened, etc. Oh, shit. Yeah. Wow. But I'm sure you can stream it somewhere. I watched it in the last 10 years, so it's available somewhere to watch, probably on YouTube or something. We should do a movie night. (gasps) Who wants to watch The Peanut Butter Solution with us? Oh, my God. That's such a good idea. Let's do it. Movie night, guys. Oh, boy. And make it yeah. happen. Yes. That's that really good idea. So I'm fun. so smart. <laughs> you are so smart. Yep. Hey, next week, we'll talk about Sons of Sam. I've been listening. I mean, watching. You have been? Yeah. Yeah, I'm about halfway through. So catch up, talk guys. about it. Catch yep. up. I don't think really I, I think I mentioned it on Patreon. I don't think I mentioned it over here. Yep. Sons of Sam will have a, a on show. Netflix. Club. A show club. It's great. It's very surprising. Isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yep. I didn't want to watch it because I thought it was just talking about Son of Sam, but no. Watch it. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Sons. Plural. Watch it. (laughs) Well, and you're like, uh, how has this escaped (laughs) my my attention and the attention of the entire world for these many decades? What the fuck? We we believe what they want us to believe. Yeah, man. Yeah. We're in the (laughs) Matrix. We love you guys. We love you so much and goodbye. 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 Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.